It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Today is Monday, December 9th, 2019. On this day in 1963, the FBI released a five-volume report on the JFK assassination to the Warren Commission, the agency's first official investigative statement on President Kennedy's death. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Today we're covering the FBI's first official report on the murder of President John F. Kennedy. Let's go back to morning rush hour in Washington, D.C. on December 9th, 1963. He'd been up since before dawn, but Nicholas Katzenbach didn't even feel tired. That was probably a bad sign. For the past two weeks, ever since President John Fitzgerald Kennedy was fatally shot in the head in Dallas, Texas, Deputy Attorney General Katzenbach hadn't gotten a full night's sleep. When he wasn't in emergency meetings with other government officials, he was reviewing confidential releases from home. He couldn't even remember the last time he'd sat down to a meal with his family. Breakfast. He knew he'd skipped something important that morning. Better have a bowl of cereal and milk at his desk when he got to work. It wouldn't do to collapse from exhaustion, even if right now he felt like he could run indefinitely on caffeine and tobacco. When Katzenbach walked into the office, he found a flurry of activity. It didn't take long to realize the cause of all the commotion. Every desk, every inbox, Every mail cart held a new 400-page document, neatly stamped with the FBI's seal. Katzenbach had been expecting this report. It was a compendium of everything the Bureau had gathered on Lee Harvey Oswald and his role in President Kennedy's death. Katzenbach walked into his office and pulled his door shut. He needed to focus. Hours later, as he finished scanning the last page, Katzenbach was confident that he knew everything he needed to know about Oswald and the Kennedy assassination. Sure, there were still a few minor gaps to be filled, but Katzenbach found the FBI's case to be indisputable, concrete. It was clear from the report that Oswald had acted alone. He'd already issued one memo on November 25th endorsing the FBI's initial theory that Oswald had acted alone. Now, Katzenbach felt validated in the report. He laid the document aside and breathed a sigh of relief. This ought to silence all of the rumors and misinformation that had been flying. It was a relief to be able to close the book on this whole investigation. President Kennedy had been a great man. Katzenbach wanted to ensure that he was remembered the right way. 
he'd see to it that the slain president's legacy was never overshadowed by conspiracy theories. Up next, we'll discuss the death of President Kennedy, the subsequent Warren Commission that investigated his murder, and the factors that made the JFK assassination into one of history's most enduring conspiracy theories. Now back to the story. On December 9, 1963, the FBI released a 400-page report on Lee Harvey Oswald. This was the first of many formal statements on the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. The fateful murder took place on November 22, 1963. President Kennedy was in Dallas for a speaking tour in preparation for his re-election campaign. At 12.30 p.m., his open limo pulled past Dealey Plaza. Gunshots cut through the air, striking him and Governor Connolly, who was in the car with him. Kennedy succumbed to his injuries at Parkland Memorial Hospital at 1 o'clock p.m. Meanwhile, police apprehended the shooter, a former Marine and communist defector named Lee Harvey Oswald. Unfortunately, Oswald, too, was murdered before he could be questioned. Speculation and misinformation flew over airwaves. Just four days after Kennedy's death, the newly inaugurated President Lyndon B. Johnson issued orders for a congressional investigation into the assassination. This effort became known as the Warren Commission. Their first official press release was dispatched on December 9, 1963, just 17 days after Kennedy's death. The report was a 400-page document featuring all of the information that the FBI had managed to compile on Lee Harvey Oswald, his history, and his possible motives. Unfortunately, the report barely covered any information on the investigation into the shooting itself. It mostly focused on the information the FBI had compiled on Oswald due to the fact that they had already amassed a detailed open file on him prior to the assassination. The information on the shooting itself was so bare bones, it hardly even mentioned the other victim. This led Representative Hale Boggs to quip his now famous words, there's nothing in there about Governor Connolly. His comment was an exaggeration, but it captured the frustration he and other officials felt at the sparse coverage of November 22nd itself. Unfortunately, in their rush to release the report, the FBI also failed to catch several factual inaccuracies. For example, the manuscript stated that Oswald fired three bullets, each of which struck either Kennedy or Connolly. In actuality, one of Oswald's shots missed entirely. The report also inaccurately described Kennedy's wounds, failing to note a throat injury when describing his medical condition when he was admitted to the hospital after the shooting. As the Warren Commission continued their investigation, they released later documents that corrected and updated the FBI report's findings. But the early mistakes only fed public suspicion and a growing belief that the government wasn't being entirely honest about JFK's death. Katzenbach's public image took a blow 
thanks to his rush to issue an early memo endorsing the lone gunman theory. He was later publicly accused of pressuring the Warren Commission to cherry-pick evidence that supported the theory that Oswald worked alone. Allegations and suspicion followed him until his death at age 90 on May 8, 2012. Katzenbach had an accomplished career, but many view his legacy solely through the lens of pervasive theories about the JFK assassination. Perhaps someday he can be remembered for his many other contributions to our nation, including fighting for racial equality and playing a key role in resolving the Cuban Missile Crisis. Until then, he's overshadowed by conspiracy. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. For more information on the death of President Kennedy, the Warren Commission, and the doubts that remain about it, check out ParCast Originals, Assassinations, and Conspiracy Theories, which dive deeper into the case. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro and Carly Madden. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen with writing assistance by Abigail Cannon and Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson.